Well, hey everybody, welcome to Cultivate Church Online. We're so honored that you're here with us. If you're a guest, welcome to Cultivate Church. We're so glad you're tuning in with us, however it is you're tuning in, that you're tuning in with us here today. Happy New Year. Hope you guys had an incredible time. Uh, the holiday season was incredible for my family. We got to spend lots of time with family, lots of downtime. Uh, I love it every year getting to spend that extra time with my kids and with my wife and with all of our extended family. And I hope you got to do the same. We're kicking off a brand new year. Come on, 2022. We're walking into a new year. Next week, we kick off a brand new series we've titled 10. Would you believe it? Cultivate turns 10 years old next Sunday. I can't believe uh, that it has, time has flown so fast, and we've seen God do so many good things over the last 10 years, and I can't wait to celebrate that milestone uh, with our church family. I would encourage you to come be a part of, be a part of it with us uh, physically next Sunday at Cultivate Church, Alabaster, or Columbiana. We, we meet at 9 and 1015 at both campuses. I would encourage you to be a part of that. It's going to be something you don't want to miss. And then today, we're in what we call a standalone Sunday. And I just want to bring to you uh, a word that I feel like the Lord has placed on my heart for us in this season. And I want to talk to you today about hearing from God, hearing from God. What does it look like for us to, to know that we know that we know that we heard from God? I don't necessarily mean audibly. Some of you hear me say that and you go, I've never heard of that. Nobody's ever heard physically from God. One, that's not necessarily true. People have, but I'm not necessarily saying how do I hear audibly, but how do I know that God is guiding my direction, that he's giving me direction in my life? How do I know that I've heard from him in some way, form, or fashion? If you've got your Bibles or your notes right there online, you can pull that up. And I want to read with you a passage of scripture in 1 Kings chapter 19. We'll read it together. It's a little bit lengthy, but it's going to set up our time together. It's about Elijah, and Elijah was a man, the Bible says, it was a prophet of God, and you can read in Elijah 17 and 18 uh, about Elijah in 1 Kings 17 and 18 where he did incredible things for the glory of God. The Bible tells us that he prayed for it to stop raining and it stopped for three and a half years. It says that he prayed for it to rain again and then not only did it rain, but it rained so hard that it was a marker in history. It was a monsoon that, it, that came after he had prayed that it would rain again. The Bible says that he uh, single-handedly accomplished uh, miraculous feats on Mount Carmel. He, he, he killed 800 prophets of Baal with his own two hands, called down fire from heaven, a prophet of God. Yet the Bible reminds us in chapter 19 that he was a man that was uh, in deep depression. He had anxiety. He had fear that he was by himself and all alone, that only, he alone were, was the only one serving the Lord. He had fear that he, hadn't, he couldn't accomplish anything correctly. He literally, even after doing something so incredible, went alone by himself into the wilderness, praying that God would just end his life. But then he heard from God, and that's what I want us to settle in on today. What do I know? How do, how do I know that I can hear from God, and what kind of difference can that make in my life moving forward into 2022? So let's read this together. It's in 1 Kings chapter 19. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. 
And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a gentle whisper. Then Elijah heard it, and he wrapped his face in a cloak. And when he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave, and a voice said, What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah is in a crazy season of his life, and he's in a moment that he desperately needs to hear from God. And here's the reality. He desperately needs to know the difference from God's voice and the rest of the world. So he sees all of these different moments. There's a firestorm, there's an earthquake, and he realizes that God is in the still, small voice. I want to pray with you today, and here's my hope. My hope is that we can get something out of God's Word today to help us decipher who is God and who is not. How can I live my life on purpose in a way that honors Him this year? And I know this, it's going to be when I can begin to recognize His voice in my life. So let's pray. Father, we love you. God, we're grateful for your word today that it's alive and breathing and for us. And so, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would do what only you can do. That you would open up our hearts, God. That you would perform spiritual surgery on our souls. And God, we would walk out of this place. We would walk away from your word today, knowing that we've met with your presence, that we've heard from your voice, and that we can live our life on purpose in a way that honors you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you're taking notes, I want to remind you, these are some surefire ways to mute God's voice. If I want to miss God this year, these are some surefire ways to do it. Number one is, is the fear of man. The fear of man. We see that in Proverbs 29 and 25. The Bible tells us this. It says, The fear of human opinion disables. But trusting in God protects you from that. So the fear of man, the fear of human opinion is disabling. Come on, the fear of man can wreck your world in the coming year. We've seen it happen over the last couple of years. We've seen far too many people who are afraid of human opinion, afraid of culture opinion. We're, we're, we're sort of afraid to stand up for truth and stand up for, the, uh, for the, the word of God in our own lives. And it causes us to make decisions that are contrary to the truth of God. I, I read this this week. It says that we fear men so much because we fear God so little. Hundreds of verses all throughout Scripture remind us not to fear man, but to fear God first. That the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I know this, that only fear of God can actually deliver you from the fear of man. There's a, there's, there's our, there are things in our lives that if we allow ourselves to go the direction of culture, if we allow ourselves to bend in that direction, not reverencing the Word of God, the purpose of God, the plan of God, the presence of God in our lives, it'll pull us away. It says that the fear of human opinion disables us, but trusting in God protects us from all of that. Here's a, an honest question, an honest assessment of my life are, are my decisions based on my own reverence and fear of the Lord, or is it a fear of what culture would say? Do I think far too much of what others are thinking about me? I know this, that in the next year, in the coming months, if I allow myself, the Bible says God hasn't given us a fear, spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Another way to say that is power, love, and of self-discipline. If I can allow myself, I can begin to pursue the purpose of God, the plan of God, discern what is the actual voice of God in my life, and then I can begin to walk out my life on purpose in a way that honors Him. Come on, who are you going to vote for in the coming elections? Come on, what are you going to do with your career? Who are you going to marry? These are big decisions. 
all of the different things that come along, uh, the big purchases that you're going to make in the coming month. What are you going to do in your life when it comes to making decisions? Are you going to fear man? Are you going to worry so much about what people think? Are you going to make decisions based on the truth of God's word in your life? The fear of man can mute the voice of God. Number two, you need to write this down, a lack of prayer. A lack of prayer. I love the story in Joshua chapter 9. In verse 14 it says, So the Israelites examined their food, but they did not consult the Lord. If you read that story, it's about Joshua and the Gibeonites. The Gibeonites were a, 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 a nation of people who weren't very far from Israel. But Joshua didn't know that. These people came and, and they began to make a plea before Joshua to not go to war with them because they had already been, Israel had already been given an instruction to wipe out anyone nearby to make sure that God was giving them uh, all of the land nearby. But Joshua uh, listened to the Gibeonites and it says that they inspected them, but they didn't do something. They did not consult the Lord. And if you continue to read that story, the fact that Joshua didn't consult the Lord about these people became detrimental to the nation of Israel. It actually harmed them later on because had they consulted the Lord, the Lord would have allowed them to know that, there were, that the other people were lying and that they were deceiving them. And they didn't know it because they made the decision in their own strength. Come on, how many times have we made decisions in our own strength and our own ability without consulting the Lord. I'll tell you a story. It's happened in my own life. When Danielle and I were married early on in our marriage, we lived um, in a small home, and we wanted desperately to get out of this home that we were renting that we first moved into. And, and we, the moment we began to make enough resource so that we thought we could afford another home, we started looking. And we didn't really have a whole lot of wisdom at the time in our lives that were helping us. And we thought, man, we're just going to purchase this home. We never really consulted the Lord. We never really asked the Lord what he thought. Uh, we just kind of assumed, man, if it's, if, it, if it's the Lord, he'll just allow it to happen. And can I tell you, we bought that home. And man, that was one of the worst decisions we ever made. We purchased the home. We ended up moving just a year and a half later, thinking we could sell the home. But the economy was in a bubble. It busted. And we were stuck with that home for years. We couldn't sell it. We had tenants that were headaches, and we couldn't. We we weren't in the landlord business because we wanted to be. We had a home that we had purchased, and I wish that we had consulted the Lord. I believe that He would have given us a different direction because I knew that it was a mistake. Having on the backside of it, it was a mistake. How many how many decisions have you made in your life without consulting the Lord that ultimately ended up to be a mistake. I've learned in my own faith journey that prayer, listen, it doesn't prepare us for the work. It is the work. Prayer shouldn't be our last resort. It should be our first response. A life without prayer is a life without power. As we step into this new year, as we step into 10 years as a church, my prayer, my hope is that as a, as a corporate body of believers that we can begin to step into the power and authority of the Holy Spirit in our lives through prayer. That it becomes our first, our first response, not our last resort. That we seek God in every decision, in every circumstance. That, that a lack of prayer would never be found in our homes, in our families. Come on, we're going to make a commitment. We're going, to, we're going to commit to praying more with our family, with our spouses, with our children. 
We're going to seek the face of God together. We're going to do it publicly. We're going to do it privately. We're going to know, the world's going to know that we are a praying people. I know that, that when, we begin, when, we, when we enter into a season prayerfully, when we enter into decisions prayerfully, the Bible reminds us that God is faithful to share wisdom any time that we would ask. When you have a lack of prayer in your life, what does that look like as we step into this brand new year? Another thing that I think mutes the voice of God, I love this one, is the pressure to perform. What do you mean by that? Well, let's read about it in 1 Samuel 13. Saul was under lots of pressure to make sure something needed to happen. It says that he waited there seven days for Samuel. And as Samuel has instructed him earlier to do, but Samuel didn't come. So here he is, the leader of his nation, the leader of this army, and they're waiting on God. They're waiting on Samuel so that he can make a sacrifice to the Lord. Saul waited there for seven days, and he didn't come. So he realized that his troops were rapidly slipping away. So he demanded, bring me the burnt offering and the peace offerings. And Saul sacrificed the burnt offering himself. And just as Saul was finishing with the burnt offering, Samuel arrived. If you read this story, this is the pivotal moment in Saul's kingdom. Saul was the king, the first king of Israel. And in this moment when he disobeyed God and he didn't wait on Samuel to offer the sacrifice. See, Saul wasn't a priest. It wasn't Saul's responsibility to offer sacrifices. He was to wait on Samuel. He didn't do it. He tried to rush things and it made all of the difference in the trajectory of his life. This was the turning point in his kingdom. The Bible reminds us it was at that moment that the Lord decided that he was no longer going to be king and that he was going to move David in his place. All because he felt the pressure to perform. Larry Stock still says it this way, the pressure that pressure will activate your will and not the Holy Spirit. Oftentimes when we see the pressure of life coming down on us, we feel the need to just respond. And my encouragement to you today would be let's not respond without first knowing that the Lord is in it. Come on, what kind of financial decisions are going to need to be made in the next couple of months? Time decisions, growth decisions, relational decisions. Don't allow the pressure of life to cause you to make decisions that aren't God. Wait on God. The Bible reminds us in Isaiah 41 that those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Come on, they'll walk and not faint. They'll mount up on wings like eagles and soar. It's not forcing God's hand that makes the difference. It's not trying to force the circumstance or the situation that makes the difference. It's waiting on God. I've learned this. I say it often to my family in my life. If it's God today, it's God tomorrow. Just wait on God. Don't allow life as it would throw a curveball your way. Don't allow the pressure of life in the coming months and the next year to cause you to, uh, to make decisions that aren't the will of God for your life. Just wait. So what do I need to do? How do I begin to turn up the sound? How do I not mute the voice of God, but how do I magnify the voice of God in my life? I want to share with you three things. Number one, regular fasting. Now, I know 
Some of you already just tuned out. What do you mean fasting? What do you mean by that? I know that that's not a normal thing as it relates to culture. But regular fasting, I believe, is a way that we can tune in to the presence of God as followers of Jesus. I see it in Acts chapter 13. This is a New Testament uh, principle as well. Many people think that fasting is just an Old Testament principle. It's not. You can see it in Acts 13, 2 and 3. It says that while they worshiped the Lord, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. I think it's significant to see that literally what turned the world upside down in Acts chapter 13, when they began the missionary journeys of Saul and Barnabas, what began to plant churches all over the world was a result of prayer and fasting. Fasting matters. I've learned this, that fasting creates margin for the Lord to work in our lives. It turns down the volume of the world so that we can hear God more clearly in our lives. Next Sunday, we begin a season of 21 days of prayer and fasting corporately as a church. And I would encourage you, no matter where you are in your faith journey, to begin to start somewhere. Maybe you're not going to fast entire meals or fast uh, complete food for 21 days. Maybe your fast is you're going to turn off social media for 21 days. Come on, that's a great idea. Maybe yours is sugar. You're going to start somewhere. I'm going to stop sugar for 21 days. Maybe you're going to do a Daniel fast. Maybe you're going to do a, a partial fast that's from daylight till dust. And maybe you're just going to do a liquid fast. Maybe that's something that you feel like the Lord is leading you to. I would say don't get so caught up in the thing that you're fasting don't get so caught up in that. Get caught up in the pursuit of God in the process. Because the Bible reminds us that fasting is an important part of the faith journey. Jesus told his disciples in Matthew chapter 6 when they could not perform certain miracles that he had already empowered them to do, they came back confused. Jesus, why can't we do this? And he reminds them in Matthew chapter 6 verse 16 that some things can only happen through prayer and fasting. Fasting reveals the strength of your spirit. Did you know that? Maybe you've attempted in the past and you've never really been successful. I can tell you that when you begin to fast, when you commit to fasting, it reveals the strength of your spirit. Oftentimes we find it super difficult to do it because our spirits are actually weak if we're honest with ourselves. Prayer, come on, is reaching out to the unseen Fasting is letting go of what we can see. I would encourage you as we step into 21 days of prayer and fasting starting next week that you begin to set some time aside to pray and fast and seek the face of God and watch Him do more in you and through you than you ever dreamed possible. You want to turn up the sound of the voice of God in your life? You start putting down some things in this world. You start setting aside some time and some stuff in this world for the cause of hearing His voice. And I promise you, you will hear God. Number two, I would say another way to turn up the voice, turn up the sound of God, is daily Bible reading. I would encourage you, we just finished a one-year Bible and began all over again. I would encourage you to find some time and begin to read the Bible. Maybe you've never done it before and it seems kind of daunting to pick up the entire Bible in a year. Maybe you would just start with the New Testament. Maybe you would start with the book of Proverbs. 
Start somewhere. Begin to open up God's Word and begin to spend time consistently with Him. It reminds us in 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17, that all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It, the Word of God, it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Verse 17 says that God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. Can I tell you that if you're not reading the Word of God consistently, you're not being prepared to do the work God has called you to do. You can't simply be prepared just by listening to a podcast. You can't simply be prepared by showing up on Sunday and hearing a message from your pastor. As good as that is, and as much, I would, as much as I would encourage you to do those things, it's simply not enough to sustain you throughout your life. You need more. You need the Word of God. God is using it. He uses it to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong. He corrects us with it, inspires us with it, and He uses it to prepare and equip us. If my life looks different, the decisions that I'm making, the relationships that I have, the way that I live my life, if it looks different, different than what we see in the truth of God's Word. Listen, the Lord is calling us to repentance, and He's calling us to follow His Word. God uses His Word to equip us and make us more like His Son. What if my actions are different than His Word? Come on, what, how would I know unless I commit to it? Our key to success in 2022 will be found in obedience to God's Word. Blessing follows obedience. Come on, start somewhere. Don't make it so hard that you'll never be able to accomplish it. Just set some time aside. It's a discipline before it's ever a habit. Set an alarm on your phone. Set a, uh, set, put it, write it on your calendar. Set an appointment to meet with God. Take 10 to 15 minutes every day and commit to opening His Word and asking the Lord to show you direction through His Word. And it will come alive to you and it will make a difference in your life. I promise you that. Come on, daily Bible reading. The last thing I'll share with you that I think make a big difference in our life. How do we turn up the voice of God? We need to allow spiritual authority in our life. Spiritual authority. The Bible reminds us in Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. As iron sharpens iron, so one friend sharpens another. Come on, just think about that just for a moment. That idea of iron sharpening iron, that's a really violent thing. That's not gentle. That's not something that's soft. That's not something that's easy to do. If you ever sharpened a knife, the only way to sharpen a knife is to remove steel from the blade. The only way for iron to sharpen iron is for it to violently remove steel or iron from the other piece. So as iron sharpens iron, so one friend sharpens another. You know, one of the reasons I think that many people don't have godly, uh, God-honoring accountability and authorities in their life, because we're too soft. We get so offended if someone challenges the way that we live, challenges the way that we talk, challenges the decisions that we make. But according to God's word, it's the only way that we'll actually ever grow in wisdom, stature, and favor like Jesus did. Who do you have in your life 
that can challenge the decisions that you're making? Who do you have in your life that you've given the authority to speak into your life the Word of God, the plan of God, the purpose of God for you? The Bible reminds us this in, in Proverbs 27 and 6, that wounds from a friend, a sincere friend, can be trusted. But kisses from an enemy can be harmful. Come on. You can trust wounds from a sincere friend way more than you can trust kisses from an enemy. How many people do you have in your life that are simply yes people? That are absolutely telling you, absolutely, whatever you do, if it feels good, do it. However you want to live your life, you go ahead. You do you, I'll do me. Can I tell you, those are the most detrimental people in our lives. We need people in our lives who we give spiritual authority over our lives, who can speak into our lives, who can make a difference, who can allow the power of God. The voice of God speaks through godly relationships. Did you know that? If you don't have anybody in your life that's challenging you to live a life according to the truth of God's Word, I would encourage you that you need to step into that in 2022. You need to get yourself into a small group and get yourself into a relationship with someone in your life who you give over that authority, someone you trust, and that it can speak the truth of God's Word into your life with love and with grace and with care, and you can begin to see God do more in you this year than I believe you've ever seen before. May this year be a year that you hear the voice of God greater than you ever have before. I say it all of the time every year, but this can be the greatest year of your life if it's the greatest year of your life spiritually. You can take greater strides in your relationship with God, in your family, in your career, in your life than you ever dreamed if you put Him first. So I want to pray with you right where you are. Maybe you're here today and you've been challenged with God's Word. Maybe in your own life, you've muted the voice of God far too many times. You've heeded to the voice of culture, and it has cost you your relationship with God. You've heeded to the voice and to the fear of man, and it has cost you the fear of the Lord. You've, you've had so much pressure to perform, so much pressure in your life to accomplish the goal, to get the new job, to make more money, to do the next thing that really, honestly, you've made some decisions that were counterproductive to the purpose and plan of God's for, God for your life. Maybe this year, maybe today is a day that you're going to commit to put God first, to wait on the Lord. You're going to commit to a season of prayer and fasting. You're going to turn down the voice of the world and you're going to turn up the voice of God. And He's going to give you direction and you're going to begin to see Him do more in you than you ever thought. It all begins with a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you don't understand fasting or Bible reading or spiritual authority or the presence of God because you've really never had an authentic relationship with God. Come on, if you're honest with yourself, if you're honest with yourself, a relationship with Jesus really just isn't there. And you want to begin to start this brand new year off better than you ever have before with a brand new relationship with Him. You would simply say, Father, Forgive me of my sins. I'm so sorry that I've lived my life in my own strength, in my own opinion, in my own abilities. But today I lay all of that down at the foot of the cross. Jesus, I believe that God so loved the world that he gave you to reconcile me back to him. That you died on a cross for my sins and you came back to life conquering death, hell, and the grave. And so at this moment, I accept you as my Savior. And I begin to follow you as my Lord. From this day forward, you are the Lord of my life. 
Thank you for salvation. Thank you for settling my eternity. I give you all of the praise. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.